Welcome to Heaven Smells Like Books, a book review podcast. Hello, hello. Um, hi, welcome back to my podcast. Um, this is the second time I am recording this episode. The first time I recorded it, I somehow managed to either delete it or record otherwise. I don't know what happened. But anyway, here we are again. Let's hope nothing goes wrong. Anyway, today I want to talk about another Toni Morrison book. <laughs> um, this one is titled A Mercy. So... I actually really struggled with this book because the context is one I'm not familiar with or not very familiar with. Uh, It is set in the 1600s and in multiple places, but mostly the United States. And there were references to the UK. So my knowledge of what America was like at that time is it's like very little, almost non-existent. So I struggle to visualize the story and I am a visual reader. So that made the reading experience like an awkward one, essentially. Um, But it was interesting to read a book set in a time when America was itself like under the rule of Great Britain. Yeah, so the story centers a household in America and the patriarch of the family, his name is Joe Vark. I hope I'm saying the last name the right way. But anyway, so he wasn't a slave owner, but he had a business that involved working with slave owners. So when we were first introduced to him, he considered himself a better person than slave owners and thought the practice was wrong but eventually it seemed like he owned slaves but in Barbados and I think he justified it to himself as being an okay thing because he couldn't really see the slaves so because we're in another country he wasn't like living on the plantation I think it was a out of sight out of mind thing um so when we first meet him actually he's on a journey to the property of one of the slave owners he sort of does business with and he sees how grand the house of this slave owner is and he immediately just falls in love um and wants that type of house so desperately um yeah and then he eventually becomes one it seems anyway so yeah i think it was a out of sight out of mind thing and so he couldn't really see the slaves so he would just overlook their suffering and unsurprisingly the financial advantages of owning slaves aka free labor seemed to be what convinced him to abandon his morals um and this is another case of why Relying on goodwill is never a sustainable option or solution to oppression. Because people will disappoint you. (laughs) So we need systems and institutions and laws in place to protect people. Anyway, back to the household. So, 
the household is made up of him his wife rebecca who i believe was british um and they had five household workers three of them were women or girls and actually lived with them full-time and two were men and seemed to be more like part-time workers i'm also using the term workers very loosely here because none of them were paid so the three girls were lena who was a native american who lost her entire community to a disease um lena was found by what i believe was a group of christians but then she was sold slash given away after she was assaulted and ostracized and then there was sorrow so i'm not really sure where sorry is from or if she was like mentally ill but it didn't seem like she was present in reality uh but her story started off on a ship and there were references to a captain being her custodian excuse me there were references to a captain being her custodian but it's not really clear in what capacity anyway there seemed to be a shipwreck and she was the only one who survived and was later found and then given and sold sorry given slash sold um and then there was florence so remember how i said when we first meet jobar he's at a plantation for one of the slave owners that he does business with it was there because the slave owner owed him money and wasn't able to pay his debt and so when he got there the slave owner basically wanted to pay him using like a slave one of the slaves that he owned and florence was the one that they eventually chose and florence was actually offered up by her mother and so that experience created like obvious significant abandonment issues and she interpreted it as her mother rejecting her and not loving her and loving her baby her baby brother more so the book actually starts with florence and she's clearly on a journey to find someone she cares very deeply about however the actual purpose of the journey is to save her boss's wife's life so joe bark's wife rebecca got ill and florence was the one who was sent to find the blacksmith um that had previously worked with them because they knew he would have like the medicine or the cure or whatever so florence was sent to find him and it was on that journey that we that the book starts with so in typical Toni Morrison fashion the timeline isn't linear and so as we go through Florence's journey to find the blacksmith we're also taking back to the past to learn about the background of each of the characters so moving on to the themes now first theme I want to talk about is motherhood and I don't know if I've said this before in one of my previous episodes, but I think motherhood is a recurring theme in most, if not all, of the Toni Morrison books that I've read. And in this book, the theme of motherhood shows up in multiple ways. We see it in Florence's longing for an anger at her mother for basically giving her up and letting this stranger take her. She was basically like this payments like the form of payments 
Um, yes, yeah, so we see it in that way. And we also see it in Rebecca's longing for a child. Um, she, Rebecca did actually give birth, but all of her kids died one way or the other. Uh, we also see it in the role that Lena took in Florence's life when Florence arrived in the household. We also see it in the way motherhood was the only thing that changed sorrow and made her more present in reality. By the way, sorrow is someone's name. <laughs> in case I didn't make that clear the first time I mentioned. But yeah, her name is Sorrow. She was named Sorrow after she was found after the shipwreck. And honestly, it was um it was an accurate name for her. Actually, maybe not Sorrow. So maybe Sorrow is not, but she was definitely not present in reality. She always felt like she was off on her own. She seemed like she had a lot of bad luck as well. Um, yeah, anyway, I think motherhood also shows up in Florence's obsession with the blacksmith that she's on a journey to find. I think she thought of him as one of the few people who accepted her, especially after she thought her mother had rejected her and didn't care about her. And so she was so obsessed with him and the idea of him wanting and loving her as much as she did him. And I think that's why she was unable to tolerate the idea of him loving and caring for the little boy that was under his care when she found him. Um, in the first half of her journey, like she was going to find him, she found him, she told him what was going on back at home. He went back home to see if he could help rebecca and heal her and florence was supposed to stay at his place till he got back because there was a child a small boy that was hit in his care um and florence couldn't did not handle that well uh yeah anyway but then at the end of the book we actually find out that florence's mother was actually trying to protect her from coming to harm at the plantation and that was why she offered Florence to Joe Buck um, when the slave owner was trying to get Joe to pick one of his slaves to take as payment. Um, yes, it was kind of heartbreaking because a big chunk of Florence and the way she approached life afterwards and the things she thought about was her mother's rejection. Um, and I just wish there had been a way for her to know that her mother was trying to protect her actually i wish there had been a way where neither of them would have been put in that situation like for a mother to offer her child up to a stranger just because she's like the evil i know here is horrible i can't let my child go through this um but yeah uh and then another theme is money and greed because why on earth did Jovak feel such an intense need to build houses he clearly did not need? So like I said, when he went to the Savannah's house, or plantation rather, he saw how grand the buildings were. And he just convinced himself that he absolutely had to have that. And so he even went as far as owning slaves to be able to fund this lifestyle. And he was he built three houses he already had a house by the way but after seeing that slave owner's house he built an additional three and they were all like especially the third one he actually died building that one 
he clearly didn't need it but he was so consumed by this greed um it affected his relationship with his wife because she just couldn't understand why they needed these extra vegan structures and yeah he was really consumed by it and it was all in vain because the third house they didn't even move into the house before he died and after he died his household did not move into that house so he literally wasted a lot of energy money and time that he could have spent with his wife um and it was just horrible to read about how consumed he was by this thing and it was the only thing he could think about so much so that like he was willing to compromise on his morals to fund the construction of the houses um yeah his obsession with it was absolutely ridiculous because for you to go from thinking slavery is this abhorrent thing to taking part in just so you can build houses yeah no um yeah anyway so this type is going to be really short because like i said a lot of the book went over my head because i'm not very familiar with what life was like um in the 1600s in america i think specifically like most of the books all of the books i've read actually maybe not all but most of the books i've read that are set that far back they sort of focus on the point of view of the slaves but this one wasn't focused on the point of view of the slaves like joe bark was a white man um and so yeah i just struggled to visualize that life because it's not something i'm familiar with um so i only got a few things from the book so i think this is a book that i have to come back to once i familiarize myself better with that context um but another thing that was interesting to read about was how white people that weren't wealthy enough to own slaves at the time like what their lifestyle was like as well just something i've never really thought about um but the poor white people were also from the book it, it sounded like they were also treated like they weren't whole human beings and they were also worth the amount of labor that they could offer um and they were like rented out and all of that and yeah that's one of the things i want to read more on because it made me think about how like at the end of the day and honestly i think this still happens nowadays where like white people that aren't upper class or middle class like working class white people and poor white people i think sometimes they forget that these structures institutions and systems of oppression that they are trying to uphold like the people at the top of the pole, the rich white Christian men, they don't like you either. They also think you're less than. I mean, they think you're more human than they think black people are. Um, but these systems are also not going to serve you. And yeah, it just made me think about that and just made me question, oh, like actually wonder what 
their lives looked like. So if you have a book that tells that story, I would be interested to read it. Actually, I don't know if I would actually read it. Do I? Yeah, I don't know. I would have to see, but it was just something I've never read before. Um, I also liked the fact that she, as in Toni Morrison, included a Native American in the storyline because we know that, you know, Native Americans are indigenous to the land that is now known as the United States. Um, and yeah, I think it's really important that she was included. It was also interesting to read about Lena and her culture and her experience, um, essentially. So yeah, I think that's the end of this episode. So hopefully it, it doesn't disappear this time around, but, um, Thanks for listening. Uh, I think this episode is going to come out in December. I'm sort of pre-recording. So uh, Merry Christmas. And I will speak to you next time. (laughs) Bye.